You're listening to messages from Cuyahoga Valley Church in Brunswick, Ohio. If you're looking for more resources or want to get in touch, head to our website at www.cvcbrunswick.org. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your day and help you experience new life in Christ. We are continuing in on our series this morning. We're calling War and Peace, where we're looking at Ephesians chapter 5 and 6. See, chapter 5 and 6 are about two topics. One topic where we should have peace. This is our relationships with our spouses, our children, and our community. This place we actually have war. In an area we should have war. This is the spiritual forces that are at work against God's purposes. Those areas we have peace. So we're entitling this series, War and Peace, to give back to the place we can have peace where God intends us and have war where God intends us. Well, this morning we're looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. And we're going to do something different this morning. I'm going to teach for about 10 minutes. And you'll see that this passage is very straightforward. You know, it's not... Um, uh, a lot of complicated pieces to this passage. But the, the complicated part is applying it to our daily lives. So how we're going to do it is I'm going to teach for about 10 minutes, and then we're going to have a panel of four individuals, two couples, and we're going to have a conversation about how this looks applied in the various seasons of life, okay? Before we do that, I'm going to try something together, something we usually don't do. I'd like us to read Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. I'd like us to read it together out loud, okay? It's kind of a, t- a tall order, all these folks to try to read together out loud. But the, the words are going to be on the screen, and I'd like us to read it together, okay? One, two, three. Three, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. That went better than I thought it would. Great job, guys. All right, well, um, we're gonna do is unpack this passage. But really, as you notice, the the real difficult piece is how this this applies to daily life. But let's look at this passage together. The most important part about verses one through four, which is all about a relationship with a parent to a child and a child to a parent in every season of life and obeying your parents and honoring your parents and fathers, not provoking your parents and discipline and instruction of the Lord. All of that, the most important part of these verses is the two phrases that say, of the Lord, in the Lord. Because if you take those phrases out and these commandments simply become something that we're supposed to do in our own strength and power, that weight on parents and children are unbearable. We will all fall under the weight of these verses. But when we understand that, that family health is about living out what it means to be in the Lord, 
then we are empowered to do exactly what Scripture tells us to do. Because when we are in the Lord, when we remind ourselves that God is our perfect Father, that Jesus is the perfect Son who perfectly obeyed the commands of the Father, and through Jesus' death and resurrection, we can have forgiveness of our sins. When we understand that, that frees us to forgive our parents. And it frees parents to forgive their children. It frees us to have grace and mercy with one another in these very difficult relationships. So this passage is about family health, and we can only have a healthy family if we are in the Lord. Look with me at verses one through three. We see there are two instructions to children. They are to obey your parents and to honor your parents. And Paul quotes in verse uh, two, uh, one of the 10 commandments found in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy five. So the big idea of these two verses, these three verses is this. Children are to honor their parents and possibly obey them too. Let me explain. See, the Ten Commandments, they are applicable to all people at all time, no matter your age, from age one to 100. Any child is to honor their father and mother. What does this mean? This word honor comes from the root word for respect. It's elsewhere used for the Roman emperor and for Jesus himself. And this passage is teaching us this, that as children, we are to conduct ourselves in speech and in our heart in the acknowledgement that our parents are to be respected because God has instructed us to do that. I know many mothers and many fathers have not earned your respect. They have not done a good job. Maybe they have been abusive or neglectful or completely absent. The reason that we honor our father and mother is because God has told us to do so. That's at the root, at the basis of our honoring of our father and mother. And this passage also tells children to obey their parents. Well, how do we extrapolate this in a modern context. Okay, so, do, so if my, I'm, a, say, 52, and my 77-year-old dad tells me to do something, am I just supposed to completely do it? Well, the principle here in Scripture is that children in the home, underneath the authority and provision of the parents, they are to obey their parents. But children, once they leave their father and mother, and they're outside of the daily responsibility of their parents, they are still to honor their parents, not necessarily obey them in everything they request. So that means basically dependent children are to honor and obey, and independent children are required to honor only. Well, Paul goes on and he begins to address fathers. Now he addresses fathers specifically. And then we hear on this Father's Day, gives us kind of a fresh uh, uh, importance for the importance of verse four. 
And this verse talks specifically to fathers, but certainly applies to both parents. And we as fathers are to bring them up, it's the same word we use for nourishing, in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. What, is, what, are these, what does this word discipline and instruction mean? Discipline is punitive and directive. Punitive meanings if, meaning if you don't do this, you're going to have a consequence, a punishment. And directive, telling the child, do this and don't do that. It, if we are going to discipline our children, we have to both explain them what not to do and keep them accountable when they do what we've commanded them not to do. But also, we are, as fathers, to instruct our children. This comes from the word for admonition or warn them. This instruction, this is the coaching, the training, the preparing part of teaching your children. This is saying something like this. Son, daughter, this is how to deal with this situation. And if you don't listen to my instruction, most likely these negative consequences will probably happen. So what this means is the younger the child, the more heavy the discipline plays in. And as the child ages, more of the instruction rises and the disciplining begins to uh, uh, be minimized. A way to think about this, when you have young children, you, are, you have the police officer hat on making sure they don't run into the street, they don't do something that will hurt them, hurt their siblings, hurt others. But as they grow older and have more understanding and responsibility, you begin to take off the police officer hat and put on the coaching hat. And you never take that coach's hat off. No matter what age they are at, you're coaching them, you're pointing them to the Lord in everything that they're doing. All right, summary. This section of scripture is about family health in the Lord and children are to obey and honor if the child is under the responsibility of their parents, but they are merely to honor when they are an independent child. And then fathers, discipline and instruct your children. Not doing so, scripture tells us, will provoke your child to anger. All right, so this is kind of how, what these verses mean. I mean, certainly you can go deeper in those, but the, the challenging piece, the thing that I know me as a father of a six-year-old, four-year-old, and a two-year-old trying to figure out is, what does this look like? How do I honor my parents? And how do I discipline and instruct my children? So in order to get an insight on how to do that, we're going to have a conversation that I want to invite you to, to kind of be a part of in your mind and in your own heart. Let me invite our panelists up. We have the um, two couples and different life stages. So guys, come on up. And um, we've got some pre-prepared questions that uh, we've put together. But as uh, Rick Duncan complained about the purse service, he goes, you didn't ask me any of those questions. So I threw him some curveballs, but Rick, uh, he can hit those out of the park. So, all right. Let's um, invite these panelists. Let me get you a, a, a stool here. And you guys got a mic. I'll grab the other mic. All right. So if you guys could introduce yourselves, maybe how long you've been married, uh, if you have any kids, the ages. 
grandkids. Start over here with you, Jim. Oh, sure. Um, so Jim Rudy, this is my wife, Gina. Um, we have five kids. Um, our kids are Elliot. He's a 10-year-old boy. Graham, he's an 8-year-old boy. Lillian's a 7-year-old girl. Uh, Hunter just turned 5. He's a little boy. And then we have our youngest is Brielle. She's 1-year-old. And my name is Rick Duncan. This is my wife, Marianne. And uh, we have three sons, two grandsons. Um, Alan is 39. Uh, Ryan's 34. Evan is 28. And our two grandsons, Ethan and Caleb, are 10 and 6. Excellent. All right. So let's start off with this. Hearing those verses, um, what challenged you? And then what encouraged you? Because obviously you're both in very different seasons of life. Five kids, 10 and under, and adult children with grandchildren. So what encouraged you and what challenged you? Maybe, maybe one of you can, uh, one per couple can respond. Sure. Um, so what, what challenged me out of the uh, verse four is how much time I'm spending in the instruction um, with my kids, right? So we all have limited time. Um, everything's pulling for your time, your, your work, um, friends, relationships, things like that. Um, and as I was thinking about it, through last service, as you asked the question, I was thinking about, all right, so am I, how much time am I spending uh, coaching baseball? How much time am I spending um, you know, playing football outside with them? And how much time am I spending um, reading the Bible with them or doing devotions with them? So I was just kind of a gut check. Yeah, yeah. My chief Duncans. What encouraged you? What challenged you? One of the things that encouraged me was realizing I have had parents that, that poured into me that I think did this well. Uh, a challenge is even though our kids are older, they still need encouragement and help and discipling. And so am I, as a dad, still viewing my role, um, more the coach role, of course, to uh, bring them up in the strength and nurture the admonition of the Lord. And, and in fact, I was talking some, talking with uh, one of my sons yesterday. I said, we, we've got to get some dates on the calendar when we are going to meet regularly just so I can find out a little bit more about what's happening in their lives and how I might be able to support and help those guys. Cool. Good. You know, one of the, you know, I feel like some of these passages hit us differently depending on the life stage. You know, whether if you don't have children, you have little children or older children and you have grandchildren. And one of the things that struck me is the command to honor your father and mother, and that's from ages 1 to 100. So I'm like, okay, i got to honor my mother and father and my mother-in-law and father-in-law. How would you encourage, depending on your life stages, how would you encourage us to honor our mothers and fathers, knowing that we want our kids to honor us. Yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I mean, uh, some, some folks here know that my mother actually came to live with us after her uh, second husband passed away. And um, so Marianne did a great job honoring my mother by <laughs> turning our dining room into a bedroom. And then my mother needed a lot of care. So um, that was one way that we could honor her in a very practical way and then make sure that we gave her good care uh, even when she left our home and went to a, a facility. So, yeah. and, then, and then I think, you know, how can I make my parents proud? They're in heaven now. 
but I, I still want them to be proud of me. So mm-hmm. how can I live my life in a way to kind of make my parents proud? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was thinking it's going to probably look different for every family. And we were just blessed to be able to bring, you know, Granny to our home. That's what I had always wanted to do for my mom and dad, but they mm-hmm. weren't, I didn't think my mother would move to Cleveland you know, for the weather. They're, they were in Alabama. But that was just a blessing that we were able to do that and to honor uh, Rick's mother in that way. And so for my parents, we would travel a lot. Like our vacation in the summer would always be to go there. Or sometimes I'd go and stay a month with them to help them if they weren't well. Um, Just doing all that we could, even though we lived far away. It's going to look different for every family, I think. You Um, know, one thing that's encouraging for me, for your life and your story, is that um, now, Rick is not retired. Do not call Rick retired. But at this season of life, the story in our culture is, oh, you guys go just hang out at the beach. You can go golf. You have all this freedom to pursue hobbies or whatever. And in your life, that wasn't the case. So it sounded like honoring uh, your parents, it, uh, it had more of a daily responsibility. Would that, would that be, was that something that surprised you or did something that you kind of expected at this season of life? Well, I mean, my attitude was like, hey, my mama was taking care of me from age one to six, um, changing diapers, all that kind of business. And I'm going, we, we're having to do some, you know, help to bathe my mother. Yeah. <laughs> and mm-hmm. those were challenging uh, experiences. So there was a little bit of a, a like struggle to embrace that role, but I kept reminding myself, she did that for me when I was little. She needs help like that now, yeah, so it's it's kind of like my turn. That's good, yeah. Jimmy Gino, what are, you, what are your thoughts on how you honor your parents in this season of life? Um, I would say there's a lot of honor can happen through your speech and your attitude toward your parents, um, but I, I actually asked my mother this question. I said, how can I honor you? And she said, by being obedient to God, by living a life that glorifies him and by raising children that love and honor God. Mm -hmm. And she said, that is, that is almost like a legacy then and a way to honor her. That's good. You know, I'm going to put Jim, put you on the spot. We did this obviously at the nine o'clock. Could you share what you shared at 9 o'clock regarding how you honor your parents with your kids? Yeah, sure. So it was super convicting for me, and my mother-in-law was <laughs> in the room, and I'm like, thanks, Jim. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so one of, one of what I shared um, is that I want my kids and I want my, my parents um, to have that grandparent relationship, right? So I want to be the father to my kids. I want my wife to be the mother to my kids. And, and I want the grandparents to be able to have that, to be able to step into the role of grandparent, right? Um, I don't want to have to burden them with being, uh, you know, again, I talked a little bit about how time, everyone's time is being pulled some way. So I could easily fill my day with, um, you know, 12-hour work days um, and then trying to decompress from a 12-hour work day and just kind of dumping the kids on the parents, um, but I don't want that, right? I have a special relationship with my kids as their father and uh, Gina as their mother, and I want them to have a special relationship with my parents, their grandparents, um, and I want them to be separate, right? I don't want either one to kind of get confused on 
uh, what their roles are. Because I think the Bible calls out some very specific things about parents and grandparents. And, and I had a great relationship with uh, my gram, grandma and, um, and my grandpa, and I, and I want them to be able to experience that same thing. Yeah. Yeah, that was convicting for me. I think a lot of those families that are in our life stage, sometimes when uh, grandma and grandpa point at the driveway, it's kind of like, oh, good, the babysitters are here. You know, the unpaid babysitters. Um, and that, you know, that challenged me because, like, you know, that's not really honoring my parents because it, it puts on them something that's my responsibility to do. And even though I'm like, you know, <laughs> take these children. So that, that was really encouraging me. And I'd say anyone in the same life stage, I would encourage you to begin to think that through. Um, I want a question for the ladies. Say you've got a mom coming up to you in tears. And she goes, my child just won't obey. What do I do? What do you tell them? Pray. <laughs> oh my goodness. I was, um, the, the scripture, children obey your parents and Lord for this is right, was in our, we had an ABC uh, Bible, you know, memorization book when they were little. So A would be, um, all we like sheep have gone astray. So every letter had a verse. So C was children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. So that was um, just having, well, I think we memorized a lot of Proverbs with them too. Mm-hmm. And just, um, but definitely there are going to be times when, you know, I I remember having to apologize a lot to the, my mm-hmm. children and just modeling that, mm-hmm. uh, how the Lord forgives us. But uh, yeah, definitely just pray, mm-hmm. you know, for, about the obedience thing, I would say. A lot of prayer. Um, I would say, I would just like encourage parents and say that we all are sinners, every single one, and your children are born sinners. So it's not something that's ingrained in them. So it's something that you need to train. And yeah. when, when I think about like God yeah. as our heavenly father and like, what does he expect from us? He expects perfect obedience, but do we do that? No. So he lavishes grace upon us. So when I think about the parenting relationship, I say like, we need to expect obedience from our children. And what is their expectation? Like, do they think like, Hey, I can just do whatever I want. Cause I really don't have to obey. Or are you expecting them? Like, when I say come, I mean come. A, a motto in our house about obedience is, we have it written on our board, cheerfully doing what you are asked the first time you are asked. <laughs> and I mean, and then, and then grace plays into that and forgiveness. I mean, yeah. I will say that I say to my kids so many times during the day, try again, <laughs> because they didn't <laughs> listen the first time. But yeah, I would say just having that expectation of obedience then that can help, you know, with the training of obedience. You expect it, you train it, you model it. That's good. Yeah, because God, he expects, like, his word is, it's not suggestions, right? It's like first time cheerfully, right? That's a biblical principle. (laughs) Excellent. Um, Dads, so this verse 4 says, Fathers, do not provoke your child to anger, but bring him up, bring her up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. I'd like you dad to give me three, or say each of you give me two surefire ways to provoke your child to anger. Like, tell us, you do this, you're going to provoke your child to anger. Uh, Let me go first, then you, I'll do two, and then I'll give you the hardest two, okay? (laughs) So, I, I, voice, Hmm. and I'm a, 
pastor, I'm a preacher, and sometimes I can get into that mode as a dad, and, it, and that can be off-putting to a child is when you get in to have the preacher voice. And then expressions. Um, I get teased sometimes because, you know, I can get what they call the scud brows. There were scud <laughs> missiles that we fired at our enemies, and I can have the scud brows sometimes with my kids. So I would say watch out for the tone of voice, the loudness of voice, mm -hmm. and the facial expressions. All right, those are easy. You can have the hard ones here. Well, these, these aren't hard. Um, so I would say I would say the way you react versus the way you respond, right? So in the moment when something happens. I think our reaction to maybe those little things that are just going to be childhood things. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. We can pause and realize, oh, that was just an accident or that was not, that really wasn't disobedience. That would help our response be maybe a little bit different yeah. to not have the expectations though. Right. You know, expect them to be perfect. Like Gina said, we're all sinners. Right. right. So that yeah. grace covers. That, that challenged me, that verse four, because like my old, our six-year-old, like if he doesn't, like we want him to drink his milk. He doesn't like, really like milk, but it's good for you. He will go to his grave not drinking the milk. Like he just, he, he will, he will like wither away if, like he'll sit there all day, you know. But our four-year-old, just based on personality, oh, you want me to, okay, just kind of flip her around. And I often go, Kind of in my heart, well, Rebecca drinks her milk, drink your milk. And I, in my anger, my anger starts to go up, and it's like the, the rising tide rises all boats. So that's the area I think, for me, I need, a, I need to work on for sure. That was good. Our friends always said, pick your battles. A lot of our friends yeah. would tell us that. Yeah, De Deborah did remind me of it. That, that, she goes, don't do the milk thing. It's not, it's not <laughs> worth it. Not worth it. Um, let, let me uh, ask the Duncans here. So, um, you know, uh, you, you have your baby, you know, say you have a child in, from age 1 to 20, let's say. And like age 1 and 2, they're just like living, right? So you kind of got a narrow window. You got about 16 years of really, of the police hat at least. Can you give our parents and grandparents some suggestions on how do you, how do you effectively coach your adult child? Uh, one thing that comes to mind, thank you for asking another question that you didn't send us in advance, but one thing <laughs> that comes to mind <laughs> is um, during the pandemic, um, you know, everybody was doing Zoom stuff, and I thought to myself, well, why don't you just do something on Zoom with your kids? And so I found a book that I really liked, and I said, hey, guys, do you want to read this book together? And so uh, got a copy for everybody. We all read a chapter and then we just got together and talked about it on Zoom. So I, I think um, finding some common interests and then trying to gather those kids together builds family unity and then we can talk about things. And again, um, my MO is not to be a teller, but an asker. And so involve them in actually helping to disciple me as we try to grow in the Lord together. So that's one thing that comes to mind. Since I have three grown, grown men, you know, it's different. I think for a mom, I have to be careful that I'm not, you know, smothering or, you know, all, all that. But um, so I think for me, it's different. I have to be more careful in what I say yeah. or ask or do. So 
Um, but we do have a good relationship, and mm -hmm. we do talk a lot about yeah. different things. I think sometimes we just go out for lunch one-on-one -on -one mm -hmm. and talk about things. Mm -hmm. But I have to be more careful. It has yeah. to be different, I think, for a mom with grown sons. Yeah. So, yeah, so that you know, it's, it's interesting you say that. So it seems like, Rick, you're more like, hey, let's do this. Here's a direction to go. And then, Marianne, you're more of, how can I use my heart and my relationship? And it's like that model. Yeah, knowing how to pray for them in the stages of life that they're in. And I think that it kind of beautifully illustrates the importance of uh, the unity. Uh, even uh, at your age, your marriage is vitally important to your adult children. And I know, you know, if, uh, uh, you know a family uh, goes through a divorce at a young age, that's certainly challenging. But I've known adults, 40-year-old, where their, their parents, you know, it's, what do they call it, the silver divorces? Where they, they'll divorce when they're in that retirement age, and it is like a bomb going off in their, in their home, and it impacts two generations. So maybe let's pivot a little bit toward marriage and the importance of marriage within the family health. Um, how does... Um, how does coaching and instructing, you know, the discipline and instruction of the Lord, how does that play out differently when a marriage is strong versus a marriage is struggling? And second part, how do you get a struggling marriage to a strong place in various seasons of life so that you can be the parents God wants you to be? So another one that I did not email you guys, um, but... Well, I'll start with the first part of it. <laughs> um, I would say um, having a strong marriage is really important with parenting because um, it's hard work to parent kids, and it's an all-day job. So... But you don't guys don't do the nine-to-fiver? No? Okay. No. Well, you know, I'm just <laughs> so it's when you have a strong marriage, then you as a couple can be on the same page with, yeah. which, with each other, and you can be a united front. And so you don't feel like you're alone in this trying to parent kids, but you have a support system, and you also have that modeling. Like you can model love and respect and obedience with each other, and the kids can see that. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it, it's really helpful. Mm -hmm. So how would you get, so say there's a couple here like, man, we, we, like the immediacy of parenting is in our face, but we know we need to move our marriage in the direction where it's healthier. What would you say, whether it's something that's worked for us or something's worked in the past, like how, is there a tip or a strategy or a thought or a principle that we could give to our congregation in, in that place? Because again, Deb and I, you know, she, we, we, it's like marriage strength it ebbs and flows depending on I don't know, a lot of things. So what are some thoughts you guys may have? Uh, well, you know, I had the privilege to speak on the same passage you did here last week, and I spoke at Broadview Heights. And I think it's important to keep in mind that we are modeling the relationship between Christ and the church mm -hmm. to our children and once you realize, wait a minute, this marriage isn't just about making it through, and this marriage isn't right. just about us getting things done. It's yeah. actually picturing something. I think that uh, raises the stakes, and it makes you probably more God-dependent. Mm -hmm. Like, we, 
We, we can't model the relationship between Christ and the church very well without divine yeah, help. Right. And the stakes are high yeah. because our kids are learning some things about yeah. God and the church yeah. and so forth yeah. and how... Uh, so, so I think that's really important. And then I also think that this parenting relationship has a similar role. For instance, um, we are showing our children by how we parent how God parents. Yeah. So we are living out this relationship between the father and his children mm -hmm. by how we as parents relate to our children. So I think <laughs> once you realize that the stakes are, high, stakes are high, it forces you to be more God dependent. I'm going to pray for her. She's going to pray for me. And then we're going to yeah. be a team in this yeah. because the stakes are so high. We can't fail at this. Yeah. And, and it's, you, you get down to it, the, the, the weight uh, and the possibility that parents have for uh, honoring God and expanding God's kingdom, it can um, feel uh, maybe burdensome. <laughs> I remember when I, we, at our first Judah, and you know, it's like every dad has that story where you go to the hospital, you know, there's all these things your wife's hooked to, and doo -doo -doo, you know, and then, and then you sign out and they just give you the baby, and you're like, you know, you're like, okay, I'm like, I'm walking out now, like, don't have the manual yet, you know, and you go in there and you just like use the crib for the first time, you're like, it's, it's getting real. Um, and I think the weight, and then you look at your failures, yelling at a, yelling at a three-year-old, you know, I'm like, Lord, how do you, how do we speak grace and mercy to ourselves as parents? Knowing that the bar's here, but we're, you know, where we are. Um, how, do you speak, how do you speak the gospel to yourself in those seasons? Like, when you're not like, I've ruined my child. And he's going to remember this his whole life. And you bring it up when, I'm, when he's like 35. You know, what do you do? How do, how, do you, how do you preach the gospel to yourself in those moments of failure? I mean, I would say I just remind myself that his mercies are new every morning. And it's a new day. And it's, you know... I've, I've sinned, I'm wrong, and being really open with my kids and apologizing. Like, I apologize a lot to my kids because mm. I do a lot of mm. wrong things. Mm. But just remembering that his mercies are new every morning and it's a new day. Um, and then just, like, directing them to God, you know, and that he is, like, the author and perfecter of everything. Mm. And just, like, remembering that and that he can take broken and imperfect things mm -hmm. and it's really him that is instructing and teaching your children so like give it to god like yeah. he's the one that's going to make your child you know like whether or not they believe he's going to soften their hearts he's going to change them he's the one in control yeah. it's interesting because i remember um like just getting down on my knees with Alan and asking, you know, and pray and asking the Lord to forgive me for a time when I lost my patience or something with him. He was like three. So same thing. Just, um, it's just humbling even just be, being up here. It just is very humbling because there are so many mistakes are made and we all beat ourselves up. I'm real good at beating myself up, but his grace, you know, covers that. But I, I think Alan, after he grew up, he told me one of the things that helped him the most was um, when we would share our uh, mistakes or our failures or mm -hmm. our um, 
times in our life where we had fallen short. And um, he said that helped him mm -hmm. to hear those mm -hmm. stories, not just hear the stories, well, everything's perfect and great, but hear the stories of where we failed and um, how we had to, you know, run to the Lord for his forgiveness and grace. And that, yeah. I think that really helps them yeah. see us as, like, real right. humans. right. You know, one thing that I've uh, started to hear from my friends in my, so I'm 37, um, hear from my friends as they're parenting children, there's beginning to, I hear a root of bitterness toward their parents. Well, they didn't do this for me. How come they didn't um, do this or that? My education, my parenting. I think some of that gets assuaged when they parent their own kids. But I think early on, I begin to hear a root of bitterness um, how do we forgive our parents? Uh, maybe they have asked for forgiveness, or maybe it's just like uh, maybe the recognition of my parents are sinners and they did not do the best. Uh, they, they're not God the Father. <laughs> they are my earthly father. They're not. They're my earthly mother. Can you give us a, some, some suggestions on how to keep a root of bitterness away from our own heart when it comes to forgiving our parents or our grandparents. Now, I know this question can run the gamut from forms of abuse and all that. I'm thinking more of maybe that middle space. What are some thoughts on how to forgive our parents as we hope our children forgive us? Well, the thing that comes to mind is, is a previous passage in Ephesians Chapter 4, verse 32, it talks about how we are to forgive one another just as the Father in heaven has forgiven us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's at the heart of having an ability to forgive is to remember, yeah. hey, you, you don't deserve forgiveness. Mm -hmm. You have failed many times, yet your Father in heaven has forgiven you. So you need to forgive other people, and that certainly can start with you forgiving your parents. Yeah. So just remembering how much God has forgiven you, and I think that can help us then move to that place of forgiveness of our yeah. parents. I mean, nobody's had perfect parents. Correct. So there, is, there are things that we need to forgive yeah. and, um, and, and, to, and to set them free. Yeah, yeah. That's I think good. as the years go by, you know, we see that we weren't, you know, we're not uh -huh. perfect parents. Uh -huh. and, and, and I think we start thinking of our, our mom and dad and how they... You know, um, thinking of them as younger people instead of just, the, you know, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> thinking of what it was like for them when they yeah. were our age yeah. and just, yeah, we can relate, you know. Yeah. So yeah. we're not, we didn't do it perfectly. And so, yeah. of course, they right. didn't do it. And just kind of praying a blessing for them mm -hmm. instead of kind of wondering what parents can do for us. Yeah. Praying a blessing for them because they, you know, mm, they've going th they were going through what we're going right. through now. Yeah, I think in some of the conversations with my family and then also um, others, it's interesting to be like, wait, I am my dad's age when, <laughs> you know, like, wait, I thought he was always old and I'm not old. So how does this work? You know, and um, I think something you said earlier, Marianne, of reminding your children of your parents and their story. That might, you might have shared it at the previous service Reminding of their story and the, and the difficulty and hardship they experienced. I know for me, kind of pivots, me, makes me think, man, if I was in my parents' shoes, I don't know if I would do as well as I did, or hopefully doing. So that's, 
That's really good. I, I think this isn't. I think this is an issue. The forgiveness, having a family of forgiveness. I think it's a root that if it's not pulled out, it creates sinful ripples throughout the generation. So I appreciate you sharing that. Well, we're running out of time. Let, let me end with this. I want each person to share two tips. These are life hacks for parents in your age, in your life stage. Like, hey, here are just two things each that you should do or plan on doing if you're going to have kids. So we'll, we'll end our time with that. So, Jim, we'll start with you. Yeah. Um, so I, I would say one thing to do is, is get, um, get help with other people, right? So meet, meet other guys that have kids that are your age, right? So you can start to, um, you know, just start bouncing ideas off each other, right? No one knows everything. There's no manual that they give you when you right. leave the hospital. Um, so, so get someone that's kind of your own age in your own situation that you kind of have a peer you can bounce things off of. And then second, I'd say find someone that is uh, beyond your situation, right? So upstream from you, um, has been through this, has seen the other side. Um, hopefully someone that has successfully seen the other side, you kind of look at their kids, you're like, man, I hope my kids are, I, I hope I'm doing the, the similar things that they're doing, that my kids will be obedient and, and um, honor me the same way I'm seeing them honor their parents. So I would say in this specific stage of life that um, that you really need to fill your own cup before you can really pour into your kids. So you mm-hmm. need to make sure that you are in the word as much as you possibly can be, that you're praying, that you're worshiping God, that your focus is on him, and that you're asking for strength from him because you can't do it otherwise. You really can't. Yeah, yeah. And then the second thing I would say is utilize the time you were given. Um, it is... Like, I see it as my greatest responsibility to train and disciple my kids and to hopefully one day they'll be standing in heaven um, beside me. That would be the greatest thing. So I would say utilize the time you have. There are so many different resources out there. Um, a lot of them are, you, if you go outside the doors, they're, they're out there. You can look at the different resources for kids and and I would say, you know, read the Bible over breakfast. Mm-hmm. Recite verses while you're driving in the van. Read missionary stories while they're laying mm-hmm. in bed at night, you know, while you have this captive audience. Mm-hmm. Like, use your time mm-hmm. because it's precious and you have such, you have such an influence in your child's life. Mm-hmm. And don't forget that. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Um, I would say... Um, for us, we had certain life verses that we prayed for our children, um, and um, one was um, that I, 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 even today, I think about this one, um, even a man is known by his, wait, how does it start, the, the kindness verse? What is desirable in a man is his kindness. I'm sorry, I got it confused. So just praying certain verses for our kids and in, in re- recognizing that each person is different and not and not having expectations for them to be a certain way, but mm-hmm. accepting them for how God made them mm-hmm. and seeing them as unique, accepting them for their personality and how they are, how they're wired, how God made them, and then praying a certain scripture for them. Our other verse was, um, all our sons will be taught of the Lord and the well-being of your sons will be great. Mm-hmm. Um, so just certain scripture, I, I would say, to pray for your children. And uh, thank you for talking about prayer because that's what I was going to say. I, but I would add to that, um, have a very specific prayer list for each one of your children mm. 
and I can show you different eras of prayer lists. And I've got a prayer list in my phone now, in my prayer mate app. Uh, that I'm still praying for the kids. And, um, you know, our youngest son is getting married July the 10th. Yeah. And it's kind of cool to be able to say, okay, he's 28 years old. I've been praying for this woman for 28 years for him. And uh, it's great to see God answering that prayer. Um, the last thing I would say is find your identity in Christ. Don't get your identity from being a parent. Mm. Certainly don't get your identity from a, a career. But if you find your identity in Christ, mm -hmm. and th then that frees you up when your kids fail, which they will, to not be so hard on them. Because you're not getting your identity from mm. their behavior. That yeah. I have worth and value because of Jesus yeah. and his death on the cross for me. And that's where I get my identity, not from the success or the failure of my children. Right. That's good. Well, guys, thank you so much for being willing to come up, the vulnerability, the honesty. Um, we'll close with this. Gina, would you uh, be willing to pray for us, specifically pray for those families that are just struggling right now? Would you pray for us? Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you right now. You are a good father. You care for us. You love us. You show us mercy and kindness. Thank you that you are the ultimate example to us, what a family should look like, what a father should be. Lord, I pray right now for the people in this room. I pray that you will strengthen us as parents, as sons, as daughters. Help us to live honorable lives, lives where we train our children lives where we respect our parents and our elders. I pray for anyone that might be struggling right now. I pray that you strengthen them. You give them, you give them hope. You point, you shine your light upon their life. I pray that, that we can come beside those who are struggling. Thank you that you have sent your son to die on the cross for our sins, to take away the imperfections in our life. Thank you that you've given us grace, grace in parenting. Help us to just lean into you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening, friends. If you want to talk about anything that you've heard today, don't hesitate to reach out. You can find contact information and further teaching series on our website at www.cvcbrunswick.org.